everyone. Thanks for checking out the Citizens Podcast. We are the high school student ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. in the student wing. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you posted it on your Instagram story and tag at NBC Citizens. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy. So, as you saw, we're continuing our series on the fruit of the Spirit, which is something that we have done now for about, this will be our fourth week, covering things. And if you remember, if you were here the first time we talked about it, we, we, we recognize the reality of those that are Christians, those that have decided to follow Jesus, in that there is something within us that is pulling us to this direction, and there is something that is pulling us over this direction. This direction is pulling us over the things of our flesh, our desires, the things that we want to do that are not honoring to God, the things that are, in essence, the sin that are in essence that displeases God, that pushes us far from him. And then on this end, you have the, 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 the Holy Spirit directing your step, walking by the Spirit that produces in you what we're talking, the fruit of the Spirit. We make a note to mention that it's not the fruits in plural, it's one fruit. One fruit of the Spirit, that within the fruit there are, bare, there are different components. And we cover love, we cover joy, and today we're going to be covering uh, peace. It is interesting about those three, those, those three, uh, three first aspects of this fruit is that these are things that happen when you, that are, that are produced within you when you trust in Jesus. These are things that happen in, in, in you. Uh, how, do, how would I say it? Uh, inwardly, there you go. Inwardly, which is ironic but also interesting because these are fruits that you first will experience yourself before other people can see. The love, we talk about love, how that word has been destroyed, how we have seen the word love being tainted by the world, and how Jesus is this perfect example of love. We talk about joy. John talked about joy, how joy produces. It's this I, I, a reality of recognizing what we have been given and, the, and how you and I are not deserving of any of that and how that should produce in us a sense of joy. And then today we're going to cover peace. Now, peace is something that, it's hard to attain or hard to experience. If, you th- if I think back when I was in your guys' uh, age in high school, I struggled with that feeling of peace. I, I, if I recall back, I don't remember there was ever a time where I could say, yeah, I'm at peace today. And I don't know if there's any one of you today that could say that, oh, yeah, Eric, I'm at peace today. And there's a lot of factors that play into that. There is the factor of the unknown, the circumstances that you find yourself in, and also the fact that you are deliberately doing what, what, what opposes God. And that's going to be the one we're going to be focusing on today. But then there's the other aspect that we need to address, that peace is only something, that true peace is something that only those who believe Jesus will ever experience. If you're here today and you, have not, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, let me just tell you the flat line of this message is that you will never be able to experience peace. If you're looking to find yourself in a point where you're at peace, that will not happen unless you have a relationship with Jesus. But for us to understand peace, we have to define it. And according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, uh, peace is freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts, or emotions. It's those feelings, those emotions, those thoughts that consume you when you go to bed. When, it, when all said is done, when you're left by yourself, when you're laying in bed, and there's nothing to distract you, there's nothing to think about, what, or nothing to do but letting your thought run free, 
That moment where you're feeling at ease, where you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, where you don't know how that relationship with your friends is going to turn out, how that course that you're taking or that class that you're taking in in high in, in school is going to turn out the sport event that you have coming up how you're going to perform your future all of these different things that get into fact in that moment when there's nothing to do to distract you where you do not feel at peace like i said i never I, I don't think i can point back a time when i was in high school where i could say yeah i felt at peace at that at this time and it's because I experienced with all of those things. I, I, I struggled with my future. I didn't know what I was going to do in my future. I, in fact, even as I, as, uh, even as I went into college, I didn't know what I was going to do in my future. I dropped out of college twice before I decided that I was going to go into ministry. I didn't know what I was going to do for a job. I changed job like I changed underwear. So like it was over and over and over. And, 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 and the reality is because of all those things, and here's what's the worst part of it all. I gave myself solely to sin. I decided to live a life fully in sin. And because of all of this different factor, I could never experience peace. But if you're here today, and peace is something that you desire, to find yourself in a point in your life where there is no emotions, there is no thought that is overwhelming you, that is taking you to a place of darkness, that is taking you to a place where, of despair, then we can talk about that today. But like I said... If you do not have a relationship with Jesus, the flat story is that's not going to happen. But why is it so hard for us to experience peace? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why is it so hard for you and I to experience peace? So for that, we're going to go actually to the Bible. It's a few verses, so I didn't put them on the screen, but it's going to be in the book of Romans chapter 3. And it's going to be in verse 9. And I'm going to read, if you follow in me. What then? Are we Jewish any better off? Not at all. For we have already churched at all. But Jews and Greeks are under sin, as it is written. None is righteous, not, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Let that sink in. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside together, they have become worthless, no one does good, not even one. Their throat, throat is an open grave, they use their, thongs to, their tongues to deceive. The venom of asp is under their lips, their mouth is full of cur- curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, and their, in their path are ruins and misery. And they, in the way of, of peace they have not known, there is no fear of God before their eyes." Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. To sum it all up, Paul is writing to this church in Rome, and he's, or to the believers in, in Rome, and he's telling them, there is no one that seeks after God. There is no one that does good. There is no one that out of their own willingness does what pleases God. And so when you're talking about this idea of peace, there's something that we need to understand. It's that you and I are driven. We are driven or we are tempted by the fulfillment of our desires. 
If you think about in, this, in the book of Galatians, when this idea of the fruit of the Spirit is said, it said that, that, that we, we have this battle of gratifying our desires. You and I want to do, if you're honest, you and I want to do exactly what opposes God. We want to be part of activities that are displeasing to God. In the moment, you may not think about them like that, but once you do them and you look back, if you are truly as a follower of Jesus, the remorse that you feel will, like, will confirm to you that what you just did was not pleasing to God. But that is the reality of those that follow God, that there is that inward desire to do what opposes him. We are driven, we are tempted by the fulfillment of our desires. So stepping into the chaos of sin would always, always destroy our peace. When you step into sin, the chaos that happened when you're sinning, the chaos that happened when things are not pleasing to God, you will never be able to experience peace. And I wanted to focus on this aspect because I believe that in the, that I will say, I will dare to say 90% of the, of, of the times that people are not experiencing uh, peace, they're seen somewhere around there. They're acting in sin. And that is something that you and I need to see. I think back when I was in, I think it was in the middle school, I li- in the Dominican Republic, it's tropical seasons happen all the time. You get storms, you get hurricanes, you get all of those things. And it's hard here in Ohio to, to see that because here, all the worst thing you can get is 10, 10 uh, foot of snow. But back then, you could, or back in the DR, you can see the, the power of weather. You can see how Trees that are so rooted on the ground get plucked out of the ground and flown away because of the wind. You see the power of the rain just control you and get in all over your house and destroy everything. And you will think that when someone is talking about storms coming up, all Dominicans are, uh, are, are, Dominicans are quick to be safe or are quick to be careful, right? That was not the case for me. My parents, if you, well, actually, if you do go on this trip to the DR, you get to see where this beach that was. It's a, it's a beach that is about two minutes, it's a two-minute or three-minute walk from the facility. And I, I, it, we were there with my parents. We were hanging out. And then we heard that a tropical storm was coming. And what that means is that if you live, in, if you live near the beach, it means that you're going to have big wave. And we used to love to body surf. And so what we did, we grabbed our body surf, and we walked to the beach so that we could do that, me and my brother and my, and my cousin. We go there, and the, and the waves are big. But you will think that we will be cautious, that we will put ourselves, that we will return back and be safe. Instead, we jump into the water. Now, long story short, I found myself... Literally drowning because of the, strong, of, of the strength of the waves, because of the currents, and because of what's happening. You see, logic will have said to me, understanding would have said to me, do not step into the water. There is a tropical storm happening right now. Why in the world will you step into that chaos so that you could experience some level of fulfillment? If you're honest, and if I'm honest, that is exactly what we do when it comes to sin. We're willing to step out, out of our, the comfort that has been provided by God, the safety, the safety that has been provided by God, that, and we are willing to step out of that so that we can experience the chaos of sin, thinking that in a moment of fulfillment, we're going to feel good for the rest of our life. And then you wonder, why am I not able to experience peace? We're told in the book of Isaiah, and this is going to be on the screen, 
Isaiah 48, this is what it says, Isaiah 48, 17. It says, Thus said the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace will have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. You guys catch what Isaiah the prophet is saying? This is to the nation of Israel, a nation that God had given so many directions, so many steps, so many things to protect them, to put, to put them in a place where they could freely experience peace. And yet, as we can see in the, in the Bible, over and over, they deliberately chose to obey, disobey God. They deliberately chose to step into the chaos of sin. And after that, they wonder, and why, God, where have you been? Why are we going through all of this? Why is it that I cannot experience peace? And you see here, God's response, if only you would have listened to my commandments, if only you would have followed my direction. He says at the very end, he says, then your peace would have been like a river. Your peace would have been overflowing to you if you have done exactly what I guide you to do. If you would have followed my commandments, if you would have followed my directions. See, if you are here today and you're wondering why can, you, why can I never experience peace, you beg to ask yourself the question, what sin is in your life? I don't want to be, I don't want to be, uh, what's the word I'm thinking? Like, I, there are other circumstances as to why you may not experience peace. But like I say, most of the time, peace is the result of having sin in your life. So what sin is that you're willing to step out of, what sin is that it's leading you to step out of that area of peace so that you can enjoy some level of fulfillment? And is it worth it? Is it worth it? So when we're talking about this idea of peace and what it's like to walk, be walking by the Spirit, here's what you and I need to understand is that in essence, peace, what, what produces peace in you is trust in God. Trust in God is what enables you and me to experience peace. If you are trusting God, you will experience peace. And I know it sounds very generic, and it's something that you will definitely find in church being taught. Nonetheless, it does not diminish how truthful it is and how quickly we are to forget it. That trusting God is what enables you and me to experience peace. And what is that you're trusting God? You're trusting God for who he is. Who is God, faithful, that cares for you, that it will never forsake you, that will be by your side? This is the God that we're trusting. You're trusting what he says. He says to you, come to me who are weary and heavy burden, that I will give you rest. He's the one that, that you're trusting what God has done for you. Think about what he said, what, how much he loves you, that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that three days later, by him raising from the dead, you and I can have everlasting life. This is the God that you are trusting. And lastly, you're trusting on what he can do through you. You're trusting that the, the circumstances that you may find in right now, the things that you may feel, is that he's going to use you in a way that will bring glory to him in a, in a way that will be beneficial for you. So if I was to ask you, what are things that you're not, what are areas in your life that you're not experiencing peace? What are areas in your life that you're not experiencing peace? And you say to me, you know, Eric, uh, it is my future. I don't know what I'm going to do next year. I'm graduating from, from high school, and I don't know what I'm going to do next year. If it is, Eric, I don't, I, I'm graduating in three years, and I don't know what I'm going to do 
in the future? Is it, is it the fact that you're in a relationship with somebody and you don't know how that's gonna look, how it's gonna work out and you're losing sleep, you're frustrated? Is it the fact that there is something going on in your family that, you're, that you cannot find a level of, of peace? And we could go on and on an example, but what is that thing? If you're here today and you say, I am not able to experience peace, why, what area on your life are you not experiencing peace? And you will see that if you trust God for who he is, if you trust God for what he has done for you, for what he says, and for what he will do through you, you will find a solution on how to find peace. Because trusting God is what brings you back to that place of safety. See, I think about my brother because when I found myself in the water, I was like drowning, drowning. I couldn't, I couldn't, I was just spitting out water. I couldn't make it out. And my older brother, who at the time was very good at swimming, he came swimming for me. He grabbed me and took me back to the shore. And I'm here today because of what he did on that beach, on how God used him. But in the same way, that's what trusting God does to us when we find yourself in the chaos of life, in the chaos of sin, is that it pulls you back, it rings you back to a place where you now, if you're trusting him, you can experience peace. What areas in your life are you struggling to experience peace? And then think about the next question. What would it take for you to trust God with them? What would it take for you to trust God with them. If you're here today and you want to experience peace, is peace something that you want to, to have? It has been offered to you because, you know, we're told that Jesus said, I peace I leave to you, not like anyone else could offer, but better. Peace has been offered to you and me through his son, Jesus. So obviously, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you won't be able to experience that. But even as a Christian... We can live a life where we have no peace, 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 because we find ourselves, it's not, edit that out, Jonathan. <laughs> You're all like, oh, good morning, good morning, citizen. Uh, you may not find yourself a way, you may not be able to experience, you may not be able to experience that because you are living a life in active sin. And the question you need to ask yourself is, the sin that you're enjoying, the sin that you're enduring, is it worth losing peace for? Peace, as defined by the Webster Dictionary, that it's that moment of freedom from overwhelming emotions, from overwhelming thoughts that control you, that, that, that lead you astray. You know, for some of us that, you know, we have talked about the reality of mental illness, and we talk about how mental illness, it is something that can be, that is, clinical at times, but also we talk about how some of the times where we are not mentally healthy is a result of sin. And you may wonder to yourself, why is it that I don't experience peace? You may want to ask yourself, what sin is in your life? Is it worth it sacrificing peace for three seconds of enjoyment? Is it worth it to sacrifice peace for a lifestyle of sin. That's for you to answer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the fact of who you are and what you've done for us, Lord. You have offered us freedom from, from
from anxiety and, and, and chaos of sin, Lord, and all the different things, Lord. And um, the reality is, Lord, that even though we have believed in you, for those of us that have believed in you, Lord, we often choose to step out of the safety, Lord, and go into the chaos of sin, Lord. And then we wonder, why am I not experiencing peace? Lord, I pray that you give us the strength to be able to stay safe, to be able to say no to the chaos, to be able to follow you, Lord, to be able to be willing to trust you, Lord. Help us, give us the strength to trust you in whatever circumstances and whatever thing that we're experiencing, Lord, so that we can live a life that honors you, live a life that, is, that brings glory to you, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. Good morning and city.